This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Taking a look at the issues surrounding the health and wellbeing of our LGBTIQ plus communities. This is Well, 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 brought to you by the team from Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network. Here on Well, 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 we delve into the issues impacting and surrounding the health and wellbeing of our gender, sex and sexually diverse communities. I'm your host, Jacqueline Jannon, uh, joined this week at Joy's Victorian Pride Centre studios on Boonwurrung Country by Michael Whelan. G'day, Michael. Hello, hello. How you going? I'm all right. I can't. I can't keep up that that accent. Hello, hello. <laughs> just uh, w- what if you did commit the what entire show to just trying to put on an incredibly ocka accent? Well, it would be Cockney. Wouldn't be ocker. Either. Both. Oh, either. Yeah. Either is fine. I'm not going to be picky. Um, I think that could be a, a fun jaunt <laughs> one day. No, I, I won't assault people's ear holes with me trying to do a Cockney accent. I'm doing fantastic to answer your more direct question. Yes, no, it's great to be here with you. Uh, We've got a full-on show uh, coming up today. Before we get into that, though, I'll quickly point out, if you're listening uh, in Melbourne on Joy 94.9, or indeed uh, to the podcast and you're in Melbourne, we have monkeypox uh, vaccine. We have monkeypox. We have monkeypox. Vaccine clinics. Vaccine clinics. Vaccine clinics. Uh, Popping up Mm -hmm. for dropping in. Uh, Popping up for dropping in, exactly. Um, We have, for those that are in and around uh, Melbourne, Victoria, those that are connected with Thorn Arbor Health, you will know that we have been... Uh, steadfastly vaccinating our community mm. against monkeypox, uh, both through our clinics and also through some pop-up drop-in clinics that have been running kind of in different places around the city. Yep. Um, and very exciting that we have those coming up again this weekend. So at, uh, on Saturday, the 1st of October, uh, from 9am until 3pm, uh, the Paran Town Hall will have monkeypox vaccines available if you are eligible. Pop down and grab one of those. Yep. Uh, and on Sunday, the 2nd of October, between 10 and 4, at Your Community Health, which is on Bell Street in Preston. Um, and we've done MPX drop-in clinics there before. Yep. Um, this is uh, obviously walk-ins only, so there's no appointments for those. Uh, and it's for first doses only, because some of us that have had the vaccine for a while... Might be now looking second. ...thinking about second doses and what does that mean. Yep. Um, and the answer to that basically is, for the time being, it's just first doses only. Uh, we will get to second doses when we get to them. When we have a few more doses floating around... Yes. Um, but the good news is that a first dose provides you with quite excellent protection against monkeypox on its own. Absolutely. So if you are in Melbourne uh, or, or nearby and, and potentially keen to come into town to grab a vaccine, uh, head to Saturday 1st of October, Paran Town Hall, or Sunday the 2nd of October, your community health on Bell Street in Preston. You can also head to thornharbour.org uh, for more information uh, or facebook.com slash thornharbour. Up next, we're speaking about the Feast Festival in Adelaide, uh, which is taking up a lot of my time. There's a lot of feast events. We've just had the, the launch happen over the last few days. And so we'll be speaking uh, with Feast CEO Helen Sheldon and Feast Ambassador Izzy Hodgson, who I think is from a football team. I'll need to double check before I end up speaking to her in a little bit. Uh, we'll discuss what Feast Festival is, its history, and what people in Adelaide can look forward to this November, or as Feast put it, Pride Vember. I love that. Pride Vember. Pride Vember. Lock it in. All of that's coming up this episode on Well, Well, Well. You're getting Well, Well, Well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. 
Much like Mardi Gras in Sydney and Midsummer in Melbourne, Feast Festival is Adelaide's queer arts and cultural festival celebrating pride and diversity uh, to discuss the history of the festival, including the last few difficult years, as well as what attendees can look forward to this year. We're joined by Feast CEO Helen Sheldon and Ambassador uh, Feast Ambassador and Captain of the Adelaide United Football Club, Izzy Hodgson. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us. Uh, I, I guess to begin with, I'll go to you, Helen. Um, what, what is Feast Festival? Um, well, essentially, it's what you said. It's a, it's, a, it's a queer arts and cultural festival. Although we call it a queer arts and cultural festival, I guess the, the, the key word that is, in, is left out, but hopefully implied, is community. It's very much uh, a community-based festival um and not only in the sense but being for i suppose the queer community but but also in the sense that it it has a, it has a whole range of activities um that aren't just arts focused events you know and with izzy as an ambassador here you know sports events we have come and try events queer conversations but then we do have a whole range of arts focused events as well um and although it is a queer arts and cultural festival, everyone is welcome at the at the event. Um, it, it is um, queer and allies. Cool. Um, what does your role, Helen, within uh, the festival involve as CEO? What does your day to day look like, and um, what are the flow on effects? I, besides everything, uh, in some sense, uh, <laughs> in, in some detail, would you uh, be able to speak to that? Um, sorry, I'm joking. Today, today, particularly, I feel like that is a bad day to ask me what I do. What I'd like to is go work at Bunnings, I think. Um, no, um, look, in in theory, as yeah, the general manager and CEO, it's that kind of overarching view of what the organisation does. But because we're such a small organisation with only two full-time staff members, interns, and we do have to bring on some contract staff as well um, towards the end of the year for Feast in November. Um, it's it's a lot of stuff. So at various points, I am um, I'm the bookkeeper and the finance manager. I'm the publicist and the marketing manager. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm the copywriter. Um, Oh, you know, a whole range of things. I go out and buy the tea and coffee supplies. Um, I'm, I, to some extent, also, you know, I'm very involved in engagement to to make projects happen because we are both a mix of feast produced events and registered events. Registered events in this in the way that fringe festivals. Uh, registered events um, but certainly part of what we do here is try and engage as much as possible with with the community and with a range of individuals and, and organizations to work on exciting new events to add to the program um, and I guess following on from that we have an artistic advisory committee and a health and community advisory committee separate that meet throughout the year uh, because part of that is for that exact reason to make sure the festival remains relevant and has a variety of events that hopefully cater to all. 
and did, that, did that sort of answer your question? It I think so. Absolutely does. It sounds like you wear very many hats. <laughs> um, <laughs> I certainly do. But, and of course, being a queer arts festival, they're all fabulous hats. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, Izzy, I wanted to throw to you, why did you feel it was important to come on as a festival ambassador? And I guess, what does that ambassadorship um, take on? Yeah, um, obviously, when I got um, asked, I was surprised and a bit honoured because I didn't really think, um, you know, people knew who I, who I was or, you know, wanted me to participate in such a such a big thing. Um, you know, I've been going to feasts since I was you know, a teenager going to picnic with all of my friends. So it's um, it's very surreal to now be on the other side of it um, and, you know, be invited out to all, all the launch parties and get to know the amazing people who put, put this all together. Um, I think I definitely wanted to be a part of it um, to have kind of a sporting voice in, in the feast world. I think there's a lot of um, queer community members in the sporting world and it's great to bring them together with people that they maybe uh, wouldn't always um, meet, um, people in the arts world or, you know, even politicians, those types of things, um, you know, not people you cross paths with. So I really wanted to to show, you know, the, the, the sporting side of the community and bring us all together. Helen spoke a little bit earlier to, I guess, the community aspect of Feast. Is that, I guess, where you're... Would you say that's a good chunk of what you've gotten out of Feast in the past, Izzy, to come on as an ambassador? You said, you know, for years you've been going along to events. Obviously, Picnic is one of really, like, the the, the main events of Feast. Um, and we'll get into more, I guess, detail on the events a little bit later on. But was it just community? Was it uh, having a look into the arts and culture side of things that maybe you don't necessarily see in your day-to-day? What did you get out of Feast that, um, for, for so many years, I guess? I think it was um, a sense of community outside um, the safe sporting world that I knew. Um, there's obviously a lot of people within, you know, my team or within my sport who um, are in the queer community. But it was it's important to meet other people of different interests who are also within that community. So I think for me, it was just the ability to, you know, leave my comforting bubble of the sporting world and and move out and see see the different people who also. I share a community with so and I think the first time I went to picnic was probably probably 17 and it was really the first time I felt comfortable and I saw so many like uh, people like me and it kind of was a really big moment of wow this is a place that I, I truly fit in and yeah to, to fully spin that back and now suddenly I am you know an ambassador for it really is a little bit a bit mind-blowing <laughs> and I just want to say you know, Izzy, hearing you say that is is wonderful because I want to pick up on that point about sort of I jokingly call it finding one's tribe because, I mean, working at Feast can be very full-on stressful, but one of the things that makes me so happy to keep working here is hearing those sorts of stories. And we, we do hear so many stories of people feeling like going to Feast makes them feel like they've found their place amongst other people that they can feel comfortable with and I think that's that's a really important role that Beast plays above and beyond events arts events or, or sporting events just that opportunity so it's great to hear you say that <laughs> absolutely Helen how was Feast started and I guess how has um, Feast on on more of a top level evolved over I, I believe it's something to the tune of the last 25 years Feast was started in 1997. 
Um, and bearing in mind that I'm I'm hoping to get this history absolutely right, but I, I wasn't I wasn't part of the organisation then. But it was started in 1997 by a, a group of arts and community workers, we, uh, which were Helen Bock, Damien Carey, uh, Margie Fisher, and, and Luke Cutler. Started back in 1997 by these four people. And obvi obviously as a res response to some extent to the fact that there wasn't anything like that in, in Adelaide and that you obviously had Mardi Gras in Sydney, and I'm going to assume, because I don't know the history for sure, that you probably already had Midsummer in in Victoria. I think we by 1997. Unsure. I assuming. think we had just had Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Because um, yeah, Feast is one of the the big three in 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 Australia. So started back then, and I think for all those obvious reasons that one would start this kind of festival, there was there wasn't anything out there. Um, and whilst I know a lot more mainstream festivals get very on the bandwagon of having queer events in their program, yay, aren't you great? Um, <laughs> that's because it's much easier to, to do that. Um, you know, it was still quite brave even in, in the 90s to do something like that. So they started that festival. It, it, it's always had a very, and it's always had that very strong focus on arts and community events in any form. But the arts probably has always been very strong because certainly for the three out of the four of those founders, which is Luke, Margie and Helen, because I, I know them all personally. I know that all three of them, I, I don't know Damien, unfortunately, but I know those three for sure have a very strong arts focus. So there's no way they were going to come up with a festival like this and not have arts events as part of the program. But yeah, very much started by them then. For that reason, there wasn't anything else like that happening in South Australia at the time. Here on Well, 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 Jack and Michael are with you and we're speaking about the Feast Festival in Adelaide with Feast CEO Helen Sheldon uh, and Feast Ambassador Izzy Hodgson. Stick around, we've got more coming up in just a moment. From HIV to COVID-19, STIs and everything in between, you're listening to Well, Well, Well on Joy and the Community Radio Network. That's where you are. And Michael and I are narrowly caffeinated enough to keep going uh, with Helen and Izzy uh, from Feast. Um, what's it like to coordinate a festival of this size for our South Australian LGBTIQ plus communities, Helen? Because it is certainly the biggest, but it stands out, I think, because it is obviously specifically for the queer community with an, you know, a, a focus on inclusivity, but that is a, quite a point of difference. How does that change how you coordinate the festival? Um, look, in many ways, I, I would say it doesn't change it in the sense of thinking very sort of pragmatically or black and white in terms of how do you coordinate a festival. And because I've worked in the arts for so long on events and festivals, all the key elements are exactly the same. Um, it's just that you're maybe focusing it more on, on specific areas or communities. But even then, we don't do that because, um, I mean, yes, we do, but we don't because it's also about trying to get the word out to everyone because, again, it's that ongoing issue of people going, oh, I didn't know this festival existed. I found my place. I found other people. So 
Um, in that sense, I don't think it's it's any different, but it is just a lot of work because um, there's there's not only the organising of the feast-produced events that make up the program, so like opening night party and closing event, picnic in the park, but there is the organising of all the registered events, uh, compiling all of that information, making sure that it's all correct, getting it up on the website correctly, getting it into the printed guide correctly, you know, getting that distributed. Um, there's just... It's a lot of work, yeah. And then there's no more or less because of the nature of what the festival is. Um, it's just a lot of work and very much a team effort. I guess, Izzy, what what is your role of an ambassador look like? Um, what, I guess, does that entail for you to come on board with Feast? I think um, the main thing I'm really, like, looking forward to and how I think I can kind of bring my my sense to to the role is trying to really link um, the sporting world to this to this arts world. Um, I know we've got a um, sports panel this year, which is going to talk to some really great athletes and help them tell their stories to to other people who might not, you know, know know sport that well or know the struggles that um, sporting people do have. Um, uh, the a club made of mine, Josh Cavallo, I think, you know, when, when he talks, we all think, yeah, I've been there. I've, I've had that feeling. And it kind of, kind of bonds us with people that maybe usually we wouldn't have much in common with or we maybe would never cross paths. So I think for me, I'm just, yeah, trying to really bring in bring in the two communities and, and show that we have a lot, a lot in common. And uh, Helen, I wanted to ask for the people that might not be able to make it over to Adelaide in November, what other LGBTIQA plus events are held in Adelaide kind of throughout the year? Any in particular that Feast might be involved in? Um, we were up until COVID, we used to do an event that was registered as part of the Fringe Festival in March each year, which was called um, Feast on the Foreshore. Uh, but the last few years, because of COVID, that, that's been cancelled. Um, and then outside of that, because we're such a small organisation, uh, I, I think we'd all um, <laughs> kill ourselves if we had to do too much But um, other than organised feast in November. But having said that, we do some smaller satellite events. So, for example, uh, every year in the lead-up, to Feast of November, we do uh, a fundraiser event. The last two years, it's been a trivia night that we hold at uh, Sky City, the district Sky City, which is a nice opportunity for everyone to get together and, you know, trivia nights, quiz nights. If, if you've ever been to them, they are fun. Well, I think so. Anyway, so we do that. Um, and then we certainly get involved as much as we can with We're at Purple Day. Um, and particularly we try and run an event at Adelaide University with the student club there. And then outside of that, we also get involved with the annual um, event, which is, I guess, the commemoration of the anniversary of the drowning. Sounds depressing, doesn't it? Um, but And it is depressing because it was terrible. Um, the drowning of Dr Duncan in uh, 1972, uh, May 72. So... Annually in in May, we, we we get involved with the students of Adelaide University 
to commemorate that event. This year, as you may or may not know, being the 50th anniversary of the drowning of Dr. Duncan, which again, as I'm sure you would, would know, but I shall just say again, is significant um, because that then was a trigger for gay law reform in South Australia to be the first state to decriminalise male homosexual acts um, in 1975. So we, we get involved in those events um, and certainly down the track we want to do more. Uh, but then in terms of other events, there's lots of stuff that's happening all around in South Australia, but, you know, they're small events, nothing on the scale of feasts. So, you know, you have places like Diversity, um, you know, if you look them up, they'll, they have events almost every day of the week and often have events during the day as well because they're, they're very community-focused beyond just having performance events. Um, ECH and, and, and COTA and Cashers Foundation run a variety of events such as uh, at the Treasury they do a, a meeting um, which I think is much more aimed at sort of older members of the queer community. Um, and there was something else that I was going to mention that's just gone from my brain. Ah, Queer Youth Drop-In. Cannot forget that. Run by the amazing Margie Fisher, one of the Feast founders. That is uh, obviously aimed at younger members of the community and that is held Thursdays every second and fourth Thursday of, of the month and, and it's free. Um, and that's that's pretty much all year round, really. Come rain, come shine. And now that's reminded me, how could I forget Margie Fisher and her amazing leisure suit outfits running uh, Gay Bingo every Sunday, um, which part of that is raising money for queer youth. There are plenty there of events. Go. It's not, it, goodness, it's not just feasts. There's there's no, always plenty goodness. going on. Yeah, uh, there is. There really is. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I guess the events within Feast, um, so some of the, the regular events, obviously, there's uh, a mix of, on the arts front, there's cabaret, there's theatre, um, writing, comedy, but then there's also that, kind of bringing in more of that community aspect, workshops, tours, um parties and panels what are some of the new events that because i mean some of the recurring events i suppose like say the pulteney sauna tour that samash does i appreciate every year and there are quite a number of those i imagine that uh gertrude glossop will have uh walks through this uh year's program as well what are some of the new events for people to look forward to um that stand out to you in in feast what stand out to me, they all stand out. <laughs> They're all fabulous events. Um, and I wish I could get to all of them. But um, I'm very excited about our elite sports panel that I think Izzy touched on. So, yes, Josh uh, is, Josh Covello is a panelist for that. I'm very excited about that because it is a completely new event for us. And I think will be really, really exciting to hear about people's journeys because I, I think unless we've all lived, I think, as they say, under a rock or something, um, we should all be aware of the kind of internal struggles that happen about gender and sexuality within sport. Um, so that's going to be really interesting, I think. Uh, also, because I have such a strong arts focus, um, I am very interested in some of the, the, the writing live events we do, Write Black. That's not really a new event, but there'll be new writers talking as part of Write Black. That'll be exciting. 
in conversations that we're doing, which is a new kind of stream of, of our writing live program. I'm excited by that because we will be doing two in conversations. One will be with the fabulous Dr. Gertrude Glossett themselves, uh, talking about all sorts of things, including the, the book that they launched last year. I may well get the title wrong, but Queen of the Walks is essentially the title of that book. Uh, and then another in conversation, which will be with Tim Reeves, uh, facilitated by Robert Sims, MLC. And that discussion is, is personally very exciting for me because it's Tim talking about his book, The Death of Dr. Duncan. It's exciting for me because um, I know Tim very well because Tim worked as the historical consultant on Watershare. And Watershed, The Death of Dr. Duncan, was the amazing oratorio that Feast brought the idea for to Adelaide Festival. Uh, we collaborated with Adelaide Festival and with State Opera of South Australia to create that new work, which premiered in the Adelaide Festival earlier this year. Uh, sold out, rave reviews, <laughs> amazing. And Tim was the historical <coughs> consultant on that, which kind of led him to then think, I, you know, I should put this into a book. So I'm really excited for that. But, but also because, again, being the 50th anniversary of the drowning of Dr. Duncan, it's quite important that we keep remembering that's a really important piece of history not to forget, not only because of the positive outcome that it led to, but there was a time when it didn't seem to be such a bad thing for police, allegedly, I should say, yes. to just decide to go down to a place that they knew was a beat and, hey, we think that's a pukta, we'll just throw them in the water, as you do. Um, you know, and it, 50 years, I mean, time goes quickly, but that's really not that long ago. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just quickly I will add, and the fact that it took it being a privileged white university law lecturer for anyone to go, oh, mm. this is not a good thing. So, yes, many, many events that are, that are in the program that are really interesting and exciting. I think if people really want to know, they should just go and look at the program online and get a copy of the printed guide. Well, I was just about to say, uh, before we wrap up, where can people go to find um, more information on uh, the festival in, in, you know, top to bottom, wall to wall, as well as the individual events? Where can people find out more? Best place to go is to, uh, at the moment, feast.org.au. Uh, our, our website, and later in the later in October, we will have the printed guide, which we'll have out at all sorts of places. And we do distribute it interstate as well, so people should even be able to get it interstate. And it just reminds me something I should mention is because it's the twenty fifth birthday of Feast, which I can't believe I forgot to mention. <laughs> uh, in collaboration with Adelaide Festival Centre, we're doing a twenty fifth birthday gala, which has a fabulous lineup of stars performing in that, and that that'll be brilliant. Helen Sheldon, uh, CEO of Feast, and Izzy Hodgson, Feast ambassador. Thank you both uh, for your time this episode on Well Well Well. Thank Thanks you for having us. Thank you. You're getting well, well, well with the team from Thorn Harbour Health. 
That is all we have time for on this episode of Well, Well, Well. What a great episode it's been, Michael. A really big show. A really big show. Uh, if you missed part of the show and you want to hear more on Feast, uh, Rainbow Yarning, or The Normal Heart, uh, you can download the podcast from the Joy website at joy.org.au slash well, well, well. Uh, and if you have any questions or suggestions for discussion topics, you can send us an email at well, well, well at joy.org.au. Certainly, if you're listening um, across Australia on the Community Radio Network, thank you so much for joining us on uh, our first national broadcast that's a fun change Um, but let us know what you want to hear because we're keen to hear from you Uh, that is it for this week thanks for joining me in studio Michael it's been a pleasure we'll catch you next time see ya thanks for listening to Well 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 supported by Thorn Harbour Health on Joy and the Community Radio Network for more LGBTIQ plus health and wellbeing and much more check out Thorn Harbour on social media at Thorn Harbour or via the website thornharbour.org Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.